Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. What's up, monkeys? Monkey Dan here, and welcome to the Live Wild or Die podcast. I want to do a quick follow-up episode on the minimalist approach to health gains episode, which was just previous to what I'm recording right now. But before we dive in, just a few quick monkey announcements. We've got a pre-Black Friday sale going on right now. It's 20% off site-wide, and I suspect that most of the monkeys listening to this right now, you guys are in the monkey society already. You probably know this, but what I wanted to also highlight is keep an eye out on your email. We're going to have some special drops coming Thursday evening, 1159 PM Eastern time, November 26th. That's Thanksgiving for us in the States, but we've got some awesome drops coming. We've got special edition monkey bar Two adventure kits. They're rad made right down the road in Colorado here and uh, really stoked. There's like, there's less than 500 available. So we, we expect them to go quickly. So again, get, be on it if you want one of those. And again, we'll, we'll be blasting out emails. So keep an eye out for those. We've got Isocore, excuse me, Isocore X will be out, which I just filmed with that all day Monday. And that thing is rad for your shoulders. I've, I played lacrosse, hockey, all kinds of sports that were very shoulder intensive, all through college, really. And uh, even afterwards, when I was doing a lot of coaching, my shoulders would just get slammed. But doing this, I, I use Icecore X as prehab slash warm up before workouts. And then you can also just do it as kind of a targeted shoulder exercise as well. So, highly recommend the Icecore X. And it's just, it's such a great compliment to Pocket Monkey, Monkey 360, Monkey Bars 2, and. It'll definitely fit into the greater monkey ecosystem for the stuff we got come down the road. So check that out. And then lastly, it's been years trying to get here, but we finally, finally have shirts that I'm like ultimately proud of 100% Merino wool, lightweight, they're soft, they're sexy, they're quality, and I can't wait for you guys to get them. So really psyched and happy with how those turned out. So again, this is all going to drop Thursday, November 26th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. Keep an eye out for your email. We'll be sending you guys some more specific info on that. But again, these are all limited quantities, so we think they're going to go pretty pretty quick. So if you're psyched, I'd set an alarm uh, uh, Thursday evening or Friday morning early. So diving into the episode. So, you know, I got some great feedback on this uh, this episode. It was titled Minimalist Approach to Health Gains. It was episode number 64, I believe. Let me just, I have it pulled up here. Let me just confirm that so I'm not spreading misinformation. Excuse me, it was episode number 65. Dang. Episode 65 on the Live Wild or Die podcast, Minimalist Approach to Health Gains. This was prompted by the wild man Earl, Monkey of the North, excuse me, Monkey Earl, wild man of the North. But he had a question about kind of this, what's the least you can do when you're busy, when you're just crunched for time? What's kind of this minimalist approach to health gains? And I felt like I talked about it from more of a high-level conceptual level, but I wanted to follow up with some more action items that 
are a little more specific and hopefully help you guys keep getting wilder. So one thing I talked about in this episode was this idea of a threshold of adaptation. And essentially what that is, is your threshold of, your threshold of adaptation is the amount of training or exercise required to elicit an adaptation from your body, right? So how many reps do you need to do? How far do you need to run? How many push-ups? how much weight, whatever it is, what's kind of that, that threshold where doing above that is going to lead to an adaptation below that is, is not. So a few ways that I was kind of coming up with, how do you, how can you kind of quantify if you're, if you're hitting that threshold of adaptation and what's kind of the minimalist way to approach that? So the first thing is soreness. So if you do a workout and you're super sore afterwards, you definitely, you definitely cross the threshold of adaptation, but you probably overreached a little bit, which overreaching versus overtraining, overreaching in the strength and conditioning nomenclature, overreaching is more of like, you know, it's, it's more of a singular event. You went, you push yourself super hard. You're a little both broken down. You're a little beat up, but it's not this like chronic systemic thing versus overtraining would essentially be like this accumulation of several overreaching sessions that leads to a broader overtraining or a greater overtraining situation. So if you're super sore after a workout, you're definitely going beyond that threshold of adaptation and is being sore in itself, this horrible negative thing. No, of course not. It's good. It's definitely not this bad thing to be sore occasionally, especially when you're having like a breakthrough workout, maybe you're doing a new max, you're doing, you know, timed mile, max rep pull-ups, max pushups, whatever it is. Soreness isn't inherently bad. It's just if you're training every single day to the point of this intense soreness, you're, you're probably going well beyond your threshold of adaptation regularly, which could ultimately stunt your gain. So for me, it's like, I kind of like what, again, in this model of training, I'm currently kind of playing with and experimenting with, I I'm not, if I'm sore, I'm, I'm trying to kind of avoid soreness. So I'm trying to nuance the volume and intensity so that I can ultimately do more volume at a higher level of performance versus trying to eke out every last rep where it's like, you know, maybe I'm doing sets of 10 of pull-ups. It's like get to seven or eight and then nine, 10 form breaks down a little bit. I'm trying to stop before you get to that point where you really have to push through it. And what's important is I still do workouts that have have that situation where you have to fight for reps, fight through thresholds, but it's not an everyday thing. So you're saving, what you're doing is you're training at a level that allows you to ultimately get more good reps, higher quality reps. And then when, when you do get to these situations where you're going to push through, you're going to be a better, you're going to be in a better situation and at a better level of training. And again, just to be a little more specific about soreness, I think if I, if I'm training, I do a training session the next day. If I kind of can feel it, maybe I'm like just a little stiff. Like you just, you can kind of just feel it is the best way I can describe it. That's, that's okay. But I think when it gets to like, you're in, you're in real pain, like, especially to the touch or just, you know, even putting your hands above your head, that, that to me would indicate you're probably going well beyond your threshold. And if you're not sore at all, that's okay too. You don't have to be sore. So not being sore does not mean you're also not reaching that threshold of adaptation. So Point number one, 
Point number two is, are you improving? So if you're seeing progress over, and this, you got to measure this more in like probably weeks and months versus days, but it's, are you improving? So, you know, for, I think pull-ups are a great example. If, if today your max pull-ups you can do in one all out effort is 10, you know, in two, three months, I'd like to see that maybe at, you know, 12, that's a 20% improvement. That's pretty, that's pretty damn good in a few months. So you got to keep it in perspective as well of what's a reasonable goal. It doesn't make sense to go from 10 to 50 or a hundred in a few months. It's got, you got to look at it in the right context, but are you improving? Even if it was 10 to 11, that's still improvement. So there needs to be some sort of measurement or way to kind of quantify, are you improving? Whether it's, there's other metrics as well, or it could be losing weight or body composition. So one thing, you know, when I was doing a lot more personal training, there would be people, it was hard to communicate this idea that you could actually gain weight. But if you looked in the mirror, you, you could be a totally different person. So, you know, the scale, it's not the worst metric in the world, but I think it can maybe give you the wrong type of feedback. Whereas if you simply just look in the mirror, you're like, man, I'm looking good. I'm looking fit. Like that to me is such a good indication. Again, it's very subjective. Nice thing about the scale is there is some objectivity there, but it just, you know, if you change your body composition from, you know, if you were 20% body fat and you drop down to like 14, 15, I mean, that's, that's a lot. So something to keep in mind there, but if you're improving, or at least if you're not, what would be the, if you're not, um, oh, I'm totally losing the word right now. Definitely the question to ask is, are you improving? But it also could be, are you at least maintaining where you're at? So you're not losing fitness. So that, that could be another way to think about it as well. Again, to determine if you are regularly crossing this threshold of adaptation. And then the third point I would touch on is it's twofold, but it's what is your desire to train? And then what are your energy levels? The desire to train. I was listening to a podcast with Dr. Kelly Starrett, wild man from the Bay area, my old hood in California, but great guy. If you haven't checked, if you haven't read any of his stuff or seen his videos, he has a podcast called the ready state. And he's just, he's a really smart guy and really, um, has kind of been a leader in the last decade of particularly mobility, but fitness as a whole as well. So definitely something to check out. So what is your desire to train? And then what are your energy levels? So what I've noticed twofold doing this kind of like all day micro workout system and focusing more on volume and training in ways that's not exhaustive what I've noticed is that my energy levels are so much higher as well as my desire to train. It's like, I'm excited versus, you know, back when I was doing more coaching, especially in the CrossFit gym, it's like some days, you know, I, I always took pride and I was training kind of no matter what, but it wasn't, uh, necessarily always productive. So if you don't, if you're, if you don't have the desire to train, if, you know, maybe you have, you know, a pretty intense pocket monkey workout lined up or one of the longer, harder 360 workouts. It's, you know, high heart rate, something like that. It's like, if you're not feeling, 
if your desire doesn't match what you're going to do, you can always tone it down a little bit, right? You could do more of a core type session where it's more rep focused, more quality focused, lower volume. You could just, you can do easier exercises. You could even just go for a walk, maybe do some yoga. You know, you can still train. You can just adjust it to fit your, your state for that day, which, you know, I think that's something really important to keep in mind. And I mentioned this in the last episode, but you know, my whole high school, college kind of the mindset that was hammered into me was just this more is always better. And if you're not, you know, going to the death every session, you're, you're a slacker, you're not going to be improving, which it definitely built mental toughness. But I know just season and season out, I just was always burned out by the end. And yeah, I think, um, I actually think my performance was seriously, uh, affected by that. So something to really consider. And then energy levels as well. It's like, you know, in that podcast I mentioned with, uh, Logan Schwartz on the primal endurance podcast, he talked about how he's kind of this mid 30 something year old guy. He's not this elite athlete, but because of the way he's training, he has this kind of boundless amount of energy to train. So it's this, uh, it was kind of this positive feedback loop where because of, because of the way he was training in this non-exhaustive way. He was actually able to train more and ultimately do more volume, which is kind of counterintuitive, but it really starts to make sense if you, if you look at it in a nuanced way. So I want, again, I wanted to give you guys, I felt like I was talking about this, like really, these really abstract ideas and wanted to give you guys just a little bit more actionable information, or at least a little bit more actionable thoughts. So appreciate that. And want to give a shout out real quick to the wild man, Chris, appreciate you sending the note on the last episode. So thanks for tuning in and thanks to all monkeys for tuning in. And then one more thing I wanted to touch on before we call it for the day is, you know, you can also think about this kind of minimalist approach to training is you can look at it from a trying to continue to make gains perspective, but you can also think about it from a maintenance perspective. And so if you're, if you're crunched on time, if you just, if you can't train for whatever reason, you're injured, you just, you're busy, whatever it is, there's still other areas that are going to help with your overall health, wellness, and fitness that you might be able to still control. So just four things that popped in my mind were sleep, nutrition, mindset, and then kind of going along with that is stress. So, you know, maybe if you're not able to get in the training sessions you want. If you focus on your sleep, you're going to be more recovered. You're going to feel fresher. You're going to have more energy and maybe, maybe you'll have just that extra little bit of desire to kind of sneak in those little micro workouts when, you know, if you were, if you were beat up from not having a great sleep, then maybe you wouldn't do those things. And then same thing with nutrition, you know, that's, uh, that's something I don't like to speak on. I don't like to give out specific nutrition advice because I really think it's a personal journey and a personal experiment that you need to determine for yourself. There's certainly principles to follow, like avoiding processed foods, you know, um, well, that's obviously, that's honestly the big one. And just, I, I think eliminating the processed foods and then on the flip side is focusing on real food. And and that's why I've always kind of been drawn to kind of like a paleo ish diet where, you know, if you're buying things that 
you know, are real that have one ingredient, whether it's, you know, beef, egg, chicken, potato, sweet potato, whatever it is, those are all one ingredient real foods. I think if you're, if you're doing something like that, you're going to be in a good spot. And then, you know, mindset and stress for me were, this has become more and more interesting for me personally over the last few years, but man, I can remember some times where like, you know, whether it was like a, a breakup with a girlfriend or, you know, this was, this would have been like, gosh, 15 years ago or something like that. But, you know, you can feel that there's like a visceral physical reaction to that intense stress. And then, you know, I know most of us or at least a lot of us are under this kind of like low grade chronic stress from probably work, but there is, it's not just a psychological, there is a physical element to stress as well. So I think recognizing that and then trying to at least reduce it as much as possible is, is super important to at least start to examine and consider. So, but what I want to touch on as well is this gains versus maintenance. So, you know, to make gains, I think you need to be, you need to be thinking about this minimalist concept, just a little more nuance and to continue to make gains with the least, it's kind of like that free lunch mentality. Like if you want to do less and still make gains, you really got to be tactical and smart about it, which it's definitely possible. And I think, you know, talking about those, those factors, or at least those ways to identify how to see if you're crossing that threshold of adaptation, I think those are going to really help with that gains side. But you can also think about it from like a maintenance perspective. So, you know, monkey Chris had kind of mentioned this, like if you can't train or maybe you're sick or hurt, whatever, there's tons of ways to still maintain or at least minimize fitness loss. And just a personal example for me is when we would go, you know, preseason, we'd be lifting hard, heavy. I mean, you right before the season, you're always in the best shape at the end of the season. You're kind of in the worst shape. But what we would do is we would still lift, but, you know, twice a week, the volume went way down, but we kept the weight kind of high. And this was, you know, in a collegiate strength and conditioning situation. But for those of you monkeying, you know, maybe you've got 360, maybe you've only got five minutes, you know, you could do like real powerful, low volume reps and try and maintain the super high power output. The reps are lower, but your power output is high and it's, you're also like keeping the, that neuromuscular junction fresh, hot, fired. So I think, you know, from a maintenance perspective, it doesn't take much as long as you're doing something, you know, let's say, you know, if you were doing a ton of running, then all of a sudden you can't run. Maybe you got a little injury, whatever it is, you know, if you can still walk like that's, that's a that's a win, you know, if you, especially if you plan on running again, you know, even if you can't, it's, it's not the same thing clearly, but there's a huge fitness translation. At least you're building this huge aerobic base so that when you do get back, you're ready to rock and roll. So again, I think just, I feel like a broken record saying this, but something is always better than nothing and consistency is just the number one factor for any type of fitness improvement or maintenance so 
stay consistent monkeys, and ultimately you're going to keep getting wilder. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. Stay wild out there and monkey on.